Hey sister, welcome to Cultivating Hearts Podcast. It's Jenna and Joanna here. And before we jump into today's topic, I want to direct you over to our website, which is thisohiofarmhouse.com backslash cultivating hearts. And that's where you're going to be able to locate our parenting workbooks that we have written for you um, that are going to be a great resource for you to walk through healing from some past issues and just setting your family on a path to freedom and peace within your homes. So we're going to go ahead and jump into today's topic, which is handling disputes within our families. Nothing, and I mean nothing, can get under a parent's skin like constant arguing, right? Really, don't we all just want some peace for everyone to get along and there to be just some wonderful sibling bonding going on with no disagreement? We know that's not a reality. (laughs) You're going to argue with the people that you live with and those that you care the most about. Because they're the safe people in your life. Yes, and it's just kind of inevitable. Um, So we need to teach our kids how to respond in a dispute It's just like anything else in parenting. This is something that has to be taught. They're not going to just pick up on it. Yeah, how do we fight fair? You know, when I'm in the counseling room and I'm dealing with um, somebody who's struggling with marital conflict, we talk about how do we fight fair? Same thing with our kids. How do we fight fair? How to respond humbly but also stand up for ourselves. Yeah, we don't want to teach our kids that we um, can just be walked all over, that our opinion doesn't matter. Um, But there's a way to stand up for yourself with grace and mercy for the other parties that are involved. Yeah, we could be going throughout our day, everything going really smoothly, and one argument amongst kids can set the tone for the remainder of the day. It just snowballs. We need to all learn how to manage our emotions, our disagreements, and our responses so that we can move on from a place of unrest and bring peace back into our family. Yeah, we don't want to stay in that place for the whole day that's miserable. And I know that we have all been there where the day just, it maybe starts out okay. And you're like, yes, I've got this day under control. And then one thing just changes the entire tone for the day. So we don't want to stay stuck in that position for the whole day. I know that it's easy uh, to just kind of be set off in a bad mood and everybody just kind of feeds off of each other and it just goes downhill quickly. It definitely snowballs, like Joanna said. We, when the boys were younger, would say, let's hit the reset button. And I think that that always helped because even the boys, if things got out of control, they'd say, mom, hit the reset button, hit the reset button. (laughs) We all need a reset button. Mm -hmm. I wish that that would work in my house every time. But um, so have you ever noticed though that your mood sets the tone for the day? I know it does here. If I wake up and I am in a mood myself, everyone feeds off of it. (laughs) Yeah. And we live in a fallen, broken, sinful world. So, you know, it is really hard when we as women are dealing with all the things that we are juggling, not to mention the hormonal things that we go through every month. And there's just so many things. And then sickness hits your house in the winter or even in the summer. (laughs) Right. Should be illegal to be sick in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that we need to allow room for ourselves to have those emotions, but not get stuck there. And feelings are fickle. I mean, feelings are there as a reminder or as a red flag that we have to deal with something. God gave us emotions for a reason, but because they're fickle, we can't live by our emotions or we'd be on a roller coaster up and down all of the time. So we have to figure out how to manage those emotions and have some self-control. And we as parents have to teach that. Yeah, we don't want our kids to be stuck in that mode either where they don't know how to escape their emotions or how to control them. Um, They need to be able to regulate and to invite God into that so that um, it doesn't 
impact their entire day because the reality of life is that you have to be able to function. Yeah, we're going to have conflict the rest yes, of our life. It, it, you can't just wallow in that. Right. He says, in this life, we will have trials and tribulation, but know that I'm with you through them all. So we have to figure out how to utilize him. So the big question is, how do we handle disputes? How are we going to teach our kids how to manage that and how they should be responding? Because the disputes are inevitable. They're going to happen. So we have to teach them how to do that. Now, in 17 years of parenting, I have read a lot of parenting books and I have tried a lot of different methods. And I'm here to tell you that only one method has worked for me thus far. So I'm going to walk you through how I go about doing that. Now, if I could just remind myself uh, in the moment to not get heated myself and to just stop what I'm doing and actually do this every time, we would have far more peace in our homes. So I admit that I am not perfect at doing this by any stretch of the imagination, but when I take the time to do it, it works. All right, so normally when arguments happen, um, if it's just something small, I let the kids figure it out on their own because they have to learn to figure things out as well. I can't intervene every single time. There's a little tiff. Um, But when things get heated to the point that I can see that the kids aren't regulating and they're not coming down from it, this is the process that seems to work. All right, so first thing I do is I sit down both of the kids that are involved, sometimes it's more than two, and I sit in between them. Oftentimes we do this on the steps. We are in close proximity, but we're just kind of sitting on the stairs to have this conversation. Um, But there's only one rule. During this time, they are only allowed to speak when it's their turn. And you can imagine that when things are really heated, it's hard for the other kid to just keep their mouth shut and allow the other to speak. Um, But the, the rule is they sit quietly and the first person gets to explain from their perspective what happened. And so they sit down and they... They tell me all of the things that were wronged to them, how it made them feel, what frustrated them, why it hurt their feelings, why they felt justified in their behavior. And during the first step, I say nothing. I do not correct them. I don't validate their feelings. I just sit there and I listen. Um, The other person oftentimes will disagree with what is being said. And so they try to butt in and they try to have an opinion and I shut them down, that's my job. I shut down the intruder (laughs) so that the first person gets their chance to talk. And I remind them, you're gonna get a chance next, so just hold on for a minute. So I can get them to be quiet. Then it's the other kid's turn. They get to tell from their perspective what happened, why it hurt their feelings, and why they reacted the way that they did. Um, And I listen to them, and they don't get to be interrupted. Um, From that point, it oftentimes, has already calmed down because I have stopped the bickering from happening. They are not allowed to speak. Um, And so they start to hear the other's perspective and why they were so upset. Um, And then step two, the next question I ask them is, how could you have responded differently to avoid this conflict? Now that question does a couple of things. Um, It makes them have to consider the behavior that they did have, recognize that it wasn't helpful, and then they have to come up with a solution for how they could have reacted differently. Most of the time they know that answer um, and they know that they should have responded differently and how, if they had done that, how it probably would have avoided the conflict altogether. 
And so it makes them think through not only how they responded wrongly, but how next time they can do this differently. So again, the other kid is not allowed to speak during that time. And then I give them an opportunity to do the same thing. How could you have responded differently this time? Um, now the goal in that is that hopefully the next time that there's a dispute, they think through those actions before it gets to the point of being so heated that they can't come down from it. Um, the third step then is that they need to respond to their sibling. I'm sorry that I didn't respond kindly to you. And by this time, everybody, including myself, has normally cooled down and we can move on. And that's the goal for me in all of this is to stop this behavior before it continues for the whole day because it really can spiral. Like you have one sibling that just sets off another and they're just at each other's throats all day and it just makes for a miserable, miserable day. of chaos. Yes, and so I just hate living in that. And so I have to remind myself not to wait until you've gone through the whole day of having chaos to sit down and do it. Um, but to nip it in the bud from the very beginning. Like if it starts at 10 o'clock in the morning, that is when I need to stop what I'm doing. So I think it really, um, it boils down to a lot of this has to do with me. Um, Granted, their disputes are between themselves, but often it's my own stuff that gets in the way of the peace in our home. And so the busyness of our day Sometimes you might have work deadlines, dinner that needs started, whatever it is, whatever the task is at hand, um, it can be the very thing that's standing in the way between peace and strife in our homes. Really, the relationship is more important than everything else we're getting done. Yeah, just stopping the chaos that's going on just makes the whole day go a lot better. If we take a few minutes or 10 minutes and stop being intentional, we can, you know, keep it from going too far. This reminds me a lot of when I went to a training where my husband works and they were talking about couples and communication. They utilized a mat on the floor with words on them and in the middle of the mat there was the word issue and the person who had the issue with the other person stood there while the other while the partner stood on the outside and they were looking at each other. And the person with the issue had to talk about what I need, what I want, what's been happening, how I'd like to see it change. And it would keep you on track because many times when we're arguing, we can spiral into a lot of different directions, but we're trying to have the other person really hear the heart of the other person. And so a lot of times we don't have an opportunity to just listen to the other person and what's really going on because there's really a root issue there, whether it be jealousy or they're tired or they feel hurt or left out or they don't feel like they're getting enough tension from you as a parent. Maybe you're on the phone a lot. Maybe you're distracted a lot and they're acting out because they want your attention. And so they can't articulate why it is that they are having whatever issue they're having. They just act out. That's what kids do. So we're trying to help them understand their emotions and their feelings. And a lot of people, you know, when when we're understood and validated, it brings us down and de-escalates the whole issue. So why wouldn't it with our kids? Yeah, I think it's a good reminder for myself when I'm doing these little (laughs) moments with my kids. Um, I tend to be really passionate, I guess is a nice way of saying that, pretty opinionated about certain topics. Um, And I have to train even myself 
to stop and consider how I can respond with conviction, but also grace. And so it's a lifelong lesson for most of us. Um, and the earlier that we can start guiding our children in these ways, the more joy that they're going to bring to those around them. And isn't that the real goal? It's to bring God's joy and conviction in all circumstances. Yes. And we have to know and understand what our push points are. And our kids know how to push our buttons. So is it disrespect that sets you off? Is it not being heard? Is it having said something five million times? Is it hearing mom for the millionth time? You know, it's just those are some things that can just set us off. We're, we're human and we can only take so much some days. So as parents, we need to just slow down. Um, we need to give it the five minutes that it takes to train our children in these moments and do it before it ruins the entire day. And so we can do this. We need to just stop and take a deep breath and give it a try. I think that you're going to be shocked at uh, how much your children are really capable and aware of. Yes, I do think that our kids are much more capable than what we give them credit for. And I think we are much more capable than what we give ourselves credit for. And if we are not able and if we are not capable, we need to work through those things with the Lord because he's truly the one that fights the battle. He never said we had to go it alone. So, you know, if we can't, he can. So let's work through our own stuff for the sake of our children, and we will see you next week around the table.